Hello everyone, I have decided to do this episode about how I was able to overcome the sexual trauma I overcame. I'm going to do this episode and the next episode off the top of my head. So let's do this. I was able to overcome the sexual trauma by wholesome conversations with trained professionals about um, sex from a group victor standpoint. What that means is I was taught group victim standpoint when it came to sexual trauma but because of thriving sexually after trauma that means that myself and my partners were all victors no one is vanquished by victimization And I also had wholesome conversations about group victory sex with the wise counsel within my inner circle, um, healthy literature, healthy articles, healthy scientists, healthy scholars, healthy research. I studied the relationship between religion and sexuality. I studied the the traumatic overlapping between abuse and sexual expression which means abusive sexual expression and I also studied the sexual problems of our global society and that helped me to come to the views on sex that I have And I am remarkably proud of myself, humbly and gratefully speaking, also because I could have easily justified being sexually diabolical. I could have easily been a hater of sex. I could have easily been somebody who indulged in sex too much to the point where it cost me my life, the rest of my life. I could have easily been 
a person who a lot of women didn't feel don't feel safe with because I could have purity cultured them 24-7. But I chose not to be any of those things. Because I never had a problem with the reality of sex. However, I always had a problem with the misusage of the reality of sex. Because I felt honestly that it would be unrealistic for everybody to behave sexually the same. Because healthy sex and healthy sexuality for monogamous persons is not the same for non-monogamous persons, and that's okay. I've learned that every reality of life has its own spectrum. Healthy sex has its own spectrum, so healthy sex for an introvert may differ from that of an extrovert may differ from that of an amnivert, may differ from that than an omnivert, may differ from that from a shy person, may differ from that from an outgoing person, may differ from that from a quiet person, may differ from that from a vocal person. And also, sexual orientation. Healthy sex for a cis-hetero person differs from healthy sex relating to a LGBTQI plus and non-binary persons. So there's healthy subjectives in this case because healthy sex has is its own healthy subjectives. So I had to really understand that Even healthy sex for sex workers differs from healthy sex from non-sex workers. And that's okay, too. Um, Because even sexual privacy and sexual confidentiality differ as well. So in the porn world... There is sexual privacy, sexual confidentiality, so everything about the sex may not be revealed, even though you're like, but I'm seeing all this. You don't know what was edited out. You don't know what was edited in, in terms of certain medical conditions may have been kept hidden, or certain reasons why some sex positions, sex acts, and sex expressions may not have been done. We don't know if that person has any kind of trauma that was revealed, but the cast knows, the studio knows, but nobody wanted the world to know. They may say, oh, you know, This is what was done. They may not reveal everything about why certain things were done and not done. Because, who knows, they may have done the editing of certain blemishes. It could be, hey, I want to hide this part of my body or that part of my body because... That person may have a partner who only wants 
event only wants that to be something that they intimately experience in terms of it could be a birthmark or or a birth defect and that particular point for me go okay yes y'all see it but I don't want the whole world to see it so can y'all block that out or you know yes can you block it out with the same skin color I got so if a person has diverse skin color right um, like we all do we all have our skin color so let's say the person's skin color was brown like mine put something brown over it to make it look like that's my body part but that's at being edited out and nobody knows it so there are things about sex that it could be an eye condition they may have effects or or, or tech, tech, technological art that, oh, that person's eyes tend to look this way and you don't think much of it. You may not know that that person may have an eye issue that they want to keep to themselves. So those things about porn, a lot of people don't know. It's like, okay, that person may have a particular sound that they can't help. It just happens, you know, when they're on set or just with people outside that they're cool with, that person may have a condition that causes their body to make a certain sound that could be, that could come off humiliating. So they may create a special effect that blocks out that particular sound. So even in porn, there is privacy, there is confidentiality. There are things that are discussed in those studios that they don't want everybody else to know. And um, in real life, it's much easier to not reveal certain things about your conditions, about your body, about your sex life. It's not as meticulous as a porn performer would have, right? So again, healthy sex is a spectrum also because a new reason. Every person's sexual personality is diverse. Every person's erotic blueprint type is diverse. There are people who, when people say having sex, that's subjective. That can mean anything. Some people feel like a sex act is just the sex had, right? And some people feel like, well, you penetrate me, so this is sex. Or some people feel like you got to do everything to act in the position for it to be sex. So some people um, do some things sexually a certain amount of times, depending upon the particular closeness they may or may not feel. Um, For example, a person may not do certain things sexually one night stand, but with a friends with benefits situation, they may actually do that. Um, that's why I had to learn that I've seen a lot of mainstream porn and I intellectualized all that porn that I was watching because I was teaching myself how to be a sensitive lover by looking at mainstream porn. I said, okay, 
what can I learn from what I'm watching? What what can I learn from myself on what I'm watching? And I, and this is what I did. I didn't watch mainstream porn to contribute to anyone's pain. If I did, it was accidental, unintentional, because we can do things accidentally and intentionally that are just foul. But I do apologize for that. Um, even though I had good intentions, I could have contributed to somebody's anguish, which I think I did, and I, and I apologize. I think I know I did, and I apologize. But my goal with watching mainstream porn was to learn that with sexual commands, this is what I've learned. A lot of times a person may tell you, um, mouth play or hand play or eye play, right? They may have, they may tell you a command, but the confusion could be, hmm, I'm given this command. Is this person really want me to do this? Or they're assuming they want it to be done, but they're really not into it? Or is this something that they grew up thinking they had to do, but they don't really understand what it means for them to themselves? Because I'll give you an example. It could be... That's where to put this. It could be, I want you to suck my toes. Now, when you hear sucking toes, it's easy to just go ahead and do it, right? Very quick. But the critical thinking comes in, which is, how many times does this person want me to suck their toes? Is this just, is this just for foreplay? Is this for one position, multiple positions, every position we do? Is this in between positions where we do sex acts and then we get back to the positions? How many times? Um, how do I suck their toe? Because every person who likes their toe sucked, some want it real sloppy. Some want, you can use your tongue, but don't make it sloppy. Or some go, well, tip of your tongue, but that's it. Or, eh, you can alternate all those ways of toe suck. I don't want you to suck it just one way. Um, and that can be very difficult in the moment. A lot of people are heat in the moment of sex. It's like you still got to think. It's hard. It's hard to critically think, and the heat of the moment is that hot and burning. I get it. But I've had to learn to not have my mind too overwhelmed or too overstimulated to the point where I'm just reacting but there's no critical thought to my reacting and with sex it's not easy because like I said I've been saying that sex is an all-encompassing all-inclusive multitasker and it's hard because you have to balance genital stimulation the eye stimulation like this person is just gorgeous and you have to stimulate the the sensitivity of their likes and dislikes. And you got to re- remember and, and encounter all these things. And it's not easy. And sex is 
a complex balance, a complex adjustment, complex roundedness, complex unification. It, it, it's all energy, right? All energy being um, infused in one another. It's a It's a first, second, third, fourth, and more than fourth of laps around the track field. And it's a lot of, it's, the pacing has to be medium. The progression has to be blossoming. And the concentration has to be multifaceted at times because sex is complex, multifaceted, and multi-layered too. So it's hard. It's hard to compassionately juggle all things about sex during sex. It really is. And I've had to learn that for myself, I chose to overcome sexual pessimism sexual cynicism, sexual negativism, sexual cynicism, now sexual you know, I overcame sexual nihilism that I was taught. And so I had to learn when, you, when I'm told to do something or actually something sexually, everything should be discussed before it happens. So when they say something, you know exactly what to do because they told you, this is what I mean when I say this, or this is what happens when I say that. And a lot of times what I've seen in mainstream porn was they may start doing what that person likes sexually, but midway, by the time the sex is happening midway on camera, they're not doing what that person told them sexually that they liked. They may start it out, but they may do it too fast, too hard, too aggressive as a way of pacifying the person because we, most of us have seen porn, so we have seen people react to commands, but they may not do it as often. They may do it as a way of, all right, I did what you wanted to do. But I want to do what I want to do. I want you to do as many times I want you to do it. But to do it as often as you want. Da, 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 da. Okay, I'm done. And the problem is when you treat sex from a competition standpoint, that means it's all about I got to maintain this erection. 
pound away. And I have to be this Olympic athlete. But there's no sensuality. No eroticism. No... Shape-shifting. There's no... Poetry. No profundity. And, and it's not even in depth. Either. And I was like, well... That's not the type of lover I want to be. I also don't want to be the type of lover that relies on sexual type of talk that could be um, an enemy of a person's bodily autonomy integrity. I don't want to be the bad type of vulgar when I speak because in mainstream porn a lot of it that's encouraged and I'm like well honestly I'm not a big trash talker sexually I'm more of a flirty poetic talker sexually that's just how I am and if I do get big on trash talking it's natural it's all respectful you know it, because every lover is different. So the way I express myself sexually with one lover may be totally different with another lover. But that doesn't make me a sexual hypocrite. It just means that I've learned healthy sexual code switching. Because every lover is a part of different crowds. So to do well with different crowds, you have to still be your true self. But you're altering communication styles for the for the sake of appropriateness and sex has that same wisdom um i've also had to learn the importance of um honoring allergies and so with with sex i always make sure that i have the type of my partners where we talk about allergies and what could make them feel like the sex could be bad if, you know, if they accidentally ate or smelled or drank such and such, right? So I think about allergies. I think about what makes them feel sexually unsafe. Regardless of Of what's happening. What is sexually insensitive and sexually sensitized to them? And then I'm able to answer those questions to them, but they'll ask me, they'll ask me those questions right back. And so I thought about that. I thought about, well, you know, how would I, um, Also, respond to the fact that 
in the past I had lovers. Not to the male horn, I'm just telling you a sensitive truth so you can better understand where I'm coming from. I had lovers that I never told them not to tell, you know, I never told them to, you know. You can never share what we did. There are times where I would be like, try your best not to tell anybody, please don't tell nobody. Or if you do, don't be telling a lot of people. Tell people that you really, really trust and help them not say anything. But a lot of people knew because the women I was sleeping with were not used to a guy being soft-spoken, um, honoring bodily boundaries and having intellectual conversations with them. Because most of my conversation with women did not even include sex. When they'd start talking about sex, that's when I knew they wanted to have sex with me. Or if they wanted to talk about it, first they would talk about it from a, you know, hey, you know, I'm not a virgin, I've had experience. And in the past, it was more of what our thoughts on sex were, and that was our way of communicating our attraction to each other. Um, and at first I felt perplexed, like, but I didn't want these people to know. And then when I thought about it for myself, I didn't get offended anymore because I said, well, you know, when a guy, when you're used to guys being pig-headed and you meet a decent one who doesn't usually bring up sex but brings up other subjects not even romance just bring up subjects and plus they were not used to men being good men to them so when I came along they felt like they couldn't help themselves and these are all trauma complexes in and of itself what I'm saying to you So, I'm going to definitely make a part two of this. So, I want to be able to just briefly, you know, mention the fact that um, I truly had to also learn how to live in the present moments of sex, which is hard to do, pun intended. For example, when it comes to sex, I, I, I said to myself, well, I'm gonna have enough mental clearness in my head, despite the the feats of my mind and the feats of my flesh I'm going to have enough mental clearness to be sexually slow and be sexually steady and sexually surely where I never forget 
the 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 person's um, sexual request. Sexual tips, sexual suggestions. Sexual. Kindheartedness either. And, uh. Even when I'm in active sex, I had to learn. Never forget that my partners are full human beings. And I've learned to never forget that they have not just sexual lives, but and not just romantic lives, but I've learned to have a healthy relationship with their minds, a healthy relationships with their souls, a healthy relationship with their hearts. Uh, healthy relationship with their social healthy so a healthy relationship with their tastes sense healthy relationship with their smell sense healthy relationship with their memory tense memory sense healthy relationship with their Hearing sense, healthy relationship with their touch sense, healthy relationship with their feel sense. I've learned to have a healthy relationship with their their thought life, their emotions life, their professional life, their career life, their internal life, their psychological life, their Creative life, their crisis life, their communicative life, their aesthetic life, and their social life. Part two of Overcoming Sexual Trauma, here I come. (laughs) 